podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I am uh, basically just uh, snorting training camp video at this point <laughs> off, of, off of my computer screen. Like, I get real close to my computer screen, and I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, my, my, my pants have been off after after ever since I watched Terrell Pryor. Uh, I think I think it was Josh Norman that he beat. I might not, actually I might just be making that up to make the story better. But he beat a corner and he he made this one handed catch in the end zone. And immediately, I wish I had tearaways on. It would have been a lot easier to take the pants off. But <laughs> but the, the pants the pants immediately just flew off my body it was it was a, a yeah. stanley cup-esque ex- experience for me I, i'm sure and i'm sure that it was weird for the people you were watching the stanley cup with when when that happened <laughs> yeah, that's uh, very true yeah i i hear the, the lawsuits are pending but um yeah i saw that catch by prior incredible catch i don't know who was it you know who, who was against i know he was wearing shorts which makes me a little bit skeptical of the situation but this really is the the time of year when uh when guys you know suddenly become like undraftable or a huge bargain depending on their highlight from training camp right yeah yeah they're, they're one single play it's almost like this is what happens when people do film analysis it, uh, it almost is like that i would say it's, it's almost um, it's almost like you should combat it with some data <laughs> I, look uh i'm not here to start a war but i will fight in the war if it starts so sure, sure. Uh, but but we've seen we've we've seen we've seen this happen before right like we see this every year these guys are hitting training camp and they look dominant and there's these one like brandon cooks today just goes nuts on a court i also don't remember which corner it was but goes nuts just has this double move that was just out of control goes deep scores a touchdown now Brandon Cooks, like I, I, I even quote tweeted the video and I said, "Oh, looks like Brandon Cooks is now in there." Or like that settles it. Brandon Cooks yeah. is in the OBJ AB Julio tier. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and and uh, you saw what was it? Uh, Blake Bortles after throwing five picks at training yes. camp on over the weekend. Yeah, in one practice, um, came out and uh, they have some highlights of him like throwing into a net. he was flawless against the net flawless with no with you know no pressure or anything oh and oh i saw a good one from Bengals camp right so there was one clip where jeremy hill um uh, gets an inside handoff and gains like two or three yards and falls down okay like typical jeremy hill stuff right yeah Uh, and then joe mixon is next and he he gets the ball and he gets through the middle i mean it's definitely a good run but you know the defenders. I I, I don't believe were tackling, uh, right? You know that wasn't like a live tackle thing. So they so they kind of put their hands on him, but he broke out of the of the scrum. He broke out and and sprinted his ass off for seventy yards. <laughs> so right, right, it was like, right. look at Hill, look at Mixon. But right. he was in the in the junk too. He was he was his run was really five yards, not seventy. Yeah, did you see in that same camp, Burfecht just crushed Gio Bernard's knee today? Oh, of course he did. That guy's the worst. Like, like, dude is coming off an ACL tear, and there's Vontez Burfecht, who's, I mean, he's a very talented player, but my God, why does he, he's always in the middle of this stuff. Uh, Vontez Burfecht is like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally, I mean, the, the equivalent to um, one of your friends just punching you right in the nuts. Yeah, it, it, he is uh, the most infuriating player to watch in football. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I was thinking back to other training camp superstars and um, that little receiver who played for the Browns for a while, uh, um, Andrew, Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins, huge this time of year because you know he's like incredibly fast, incredibly shifty. So he would get you know like like a five yard hook and then you know, juke the jock strap off of some, you know, fourth string cornerback and be like, look at this guy. He's unstoppable. Every year it was on on Andrew Hawkins over and over. 
And then, like, I'm I'm so prepared for like like you know these training camp takes are always hilarious, right? But there's also major major preseason takes, like oh. out of control preseason takes. Nothing will match so far since I've been doing this, you know, as as a hobby slash full time thing. So it's been a little over five years, but nothing I don't think has ever matched the Andre Williams hype. Oh my god, it was unbelievable. The, the the Amir Abdullah hype was was up there though. Oh, and and that was based on one run against the Jets, one run. Yeah, I mean at least you knew, but like with Amir Abdullah, you could see the talent, you know, like you could, but like with the Andre Williams thing, the Andre Williams thing was so insane. I think his ADP skyrocketed like seven rounds after the preseason. Yeah, he was being taken in like the fifth round at one point. It just it just got it just got very very out of control. No. I'm, I'm I'm very prepared for the takes. Like you need to wear some sort of protective suit during. The preseason. Oh yeah, or you will catch on fire and you will die in front of your family. You don't want the, you know, no one wants right. that. No Just one. cease to cease to exist immediately. Exactly. When 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 watching the preseason. Um. I, I, oh, there was the Derrick Henry tripping over a tire in in a drill, uh, <laughs> video, which was like, which was like basically like people were like, see, I told you, you cannot take this guy in Dynasty. He tripped over a tire. I mean. <laughs> The coaches don't even didn't even seem you know that that bothered by it. It just it's the, something that happens. I don't know. Right. I mean, you've been for a run and you see so, you don't see something on the ground and you trip over yourself. I mean, but we see right exactly. Um, but we see uh, uh, guys on the field in the regular season trip over their own feet all the time. I mean, yeah, and right. and oh oh Eric Decker. Eric Decker is the master of tripping <laughs> over his own damn feet. It, oh, or <laughs> Or just or just falling flat on his face. I, I had him one year when he was with with Peyton in uh, in Denver, and I think that he cost himself upwards of four touchdowns his first year with <laughs> with Peyton because he just kept tripping. It was unreal. <laughs> so it happens. It happens. Uh, today's show, we are going to talk about tight ends, um, the the football position. And we are we are going to talk about four guys who you guys can target as potential every week starters, guys that you can feel confident going into the season with. But we're not we're not talking or you know we're not talking uh, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. We're talking later round guys um, that are intriguing, that have some upside or have some stability in terms of just getting volume from the start because volume is hard to come by at the tight end position. But Denny, before we get into the tight ends. Again, the football position. Why don't you talk about one of our sponsors of today's show? I hope you uh, qualify that every time you say the word tight end this season. Uh, <laughs> that's not happening. That's yeah, Thank God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yes, we are sponsored today once again by Apex Fantasy Leagues, the best place, and I do mean that, to play season-long fantasy football for money. With a skill-based format and industry-leading payouts, Apex ensures that the best fantasy players win big. Apex offers dynasty leagues, too. Uh, Apex has uh, hosts 12-team PPR leagues that provide a variety of drafting options, live or email, serpentine or auction. I love that serpentine, by the way. And <laughs> uh, you also have the flexibility to sign up for a league just hours uh, before the draft. So check it out this summer. Check it out right away, right after the show, uh, apexfantasyleagues.com. And our expert league is starting on Friday. Um, yes. It, the, the one that we have done for the past three years. Yes. Uh, this, this will be the fourth year. And we have talked about it often on the show that it's one of the best. It's, it's a very, very difficult competitive league. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I drew the five spot in the draft, which I'm definitely not upset about. Um, yeah. but we'll see what happens. It's, it's a, it's a really, really fun, fun league that we do every season. I have, uh, I have the 11 spot. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I, oh, I, I wanted to, uh, share with the listeners that, uh, JJ sometimes refers to himself as, the one-time champion of the <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah, so far, so far the league has gone Mike Clay as champion, me as champion, and then Mike Clay won again last year. Denny had a very, very good team last year. Uh, I was I was the one seed and I choked. Yeah. Yeah, you you had you had a very, very good team. But I'm I'm hoping that if this is a pattern, that means that I am set to win this season. Yeah. Because Clay and I are just rotating who wins each other. Oh my god. If you become the two time champion of the Apex League, then I'm out. I'm done with this league. I'm pretty sure that Apex team I had two years ago is one of the best fantasy teams I've ever compiled. It was really ridiculous, yeah. That was that was stupid. Anyway. All right, Danny, I'm gonna kick things off yeah. at the tight end the, the tight end I'm talking positions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. 
I'm going to start out with my dad running boy, Jack Doyle. Uh, he, he's rising a little bit, but he's a low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two in most drafts. Um, I, I, I think that he could end up being an every-week starter this year. Uh, he does have a little bit comp- a little bit of competition there in Eric Swoop, but at the same time, we've seen this Indianapolis offense be very, very friendly to the tight end position. Um, over the, when Andrew Luck has been healthy. So it's 2014 and 2016 and 2014, they were fifth in receptions, second in yards, first in touchdowns in 2016. They were fifth in receptions, third in yards, second in touchdowns. Uh, the other thing too, is that Dwayne Allen's no longer there. Obviously Doyle and Dwayne Allen combined for 11 targets within opponents, 10 yard lines. It's the two of them. Doyle had six, Allen had five which is more than any other tight end in football, if you combine them, aside from Kyle Rudolph last season. Uh, And even if half of those targets that Allen had uh, from within the opponent's 10 go to Jack Doyle, we're looking at potential top to to close five, or wow, top to close five, close (laughs) close to top five end zone usage for Jack Doyle throughout the league. So even though he's not an athletic specimen, even though he's going to trot out on the field every, every week with a pair of new balances on, uh, I mean, the guy ran a four, a four, nine, one forty, which I know that we haven't run our forties yet, but I'm, I'm fairly certain I could, I could beat Jack Doyle in a 40. Uh, uh I, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not running a sub five. Okay. Okay. But, but I've gotten a lot faster, Denny. I've, I'm running well. It's just, I, I'm not doing enough like sprints and short, 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 right. uh, how's, short runs. how's your, uh, how's your ass injury? My ass injury's gotten better. Good. You know, we have a lot of people asking on Twitter how my piriformis muscle is doing. I will say that I stretched the living hell out of it, and my running has has gone well, mm-hmm. and I'm back to normal. So I think that I could run, but I I kind of want to like I I want to run this thing fast, Denny. I, I know. Like, or I kind of also want to just tease the forty race in perpetuity. I you know th- it feels it feels a little bit like the the way to go at this point is just it will be in twenty nineteen we'll be like we're gonna run the forty next year. Uh, right, right. Keep going. So with it. that's who. Uh, also, by the way, someone if anyone's listening or to the people who are listening to this show, you probably just heard a burp uh, sound because I'm recording Denny through my computer. Uh, it's because I tried to search for. Uh, uh, Jack Doyle in an article that I wrote, and I was not in the browser, so it yelled at me. Oh, that's funny. Okay, yeah, well, just so, just throwing throwing that out there. Yeah, but Jack so you, Doyle's Jack Jack Doyle's my first dude. Uh, I, I like how you started that sentence with "if anyone's listening." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if anyone's out there, if anyone's out there, we're doing this really bad show on tight ends, right. and who, who and would you listen? heard a weird noise? Who yes, would listen yes. to this awful show except for our mothers? Honestly, exactly, exactly. All right, Denny, give everyone another tight end that plays the position. All right, well. Uh, I'm going with LTS staple, uh, one-time staple Charles Clay from Buffalo. Ooh, Chucky, yes, Chucky Clay. This is a, this is a this is a deep one. This is a deeper deeper dive at the position. It is. I feel pretty good about him, I, and I'm gonna break it down in a second. But he's going at tight end 26. Okay, which yeah. is basically he's not being drafted. Is that right, that's right. the that's the short of it? That's okay. what that means. Yes. Um. Uh. And uh. I also talk, talking about Charles Clay reminds me always that the Dolphins wanted him to be like their everything player, like their utility player in every way, and it just was such a ridiculous yeah, thing. Right. Um. <clears throat> so Charles Clay, tight end 26. This I I was gonna do a ton of research, but you know who already did the research for me? Our friend, oh. our friend Neil Dutton. From, oh, nice. from Rotoviz has a really solid write-up on Charles Clay on Rotoviz. If you all want to check it out, so I pulled these these numbers from Neil's excellent uh, article. If you don't mind, I'll say here's here's some things that shocked me about Charles Clay. First of all, since entering the league in 2012, Charles Clay has seen 384 targets, which is the most among tight ends, uh, except for eight. Okay, so he's ninth in tight end and tight end targets over that time. Uh, he has 253 receptions, which is also ninth among tight ends. And uh, he has over 2,600 yards, which is 13th. So uh, he is actually, Neil breaks it down, tight end nine over the span of his career since 2012, uh, as far as fantasy points, PPR points go. I was I was shocked as a just as a yeah. as a person who's recommended him many times. I was shocked by that. So um, 
uh, Rick Dennison as the offensive coordinator for Buffalo oversaw some really solid seasons out of Houston tight ends like our dearly departed Owen Daniels, a one-time Living the Stream mainstay. He's not he's, actually he's in he's in the banner of the yeah. of the LTS Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, no, he lives on forever. And when I say dearly departed, I just mean from. <laughs> from fantasy from from yeah from from our um, our brain I, bu- I i believe that he is alive today um so if um if Buff- if buffalo sees even a slight uptick in, in passing volume which i th- think is reasonable uh they were 32nd in pass uh in in pass attempts last year uh and clay emerges as the number two target behind sammy watkins uh, he could easily become, I think, a really solid floor tight end, especially for PPR. Um, last year, he saw five or more targets in 12 of 15 Bills games. So with a little bit of an uptick in passing volume, I I see him as not, not a ceiling play, but he's going he's not being drafted. So I, I like him. Yeah, I mean, there's not much competition for targets there at all. Uh, and like, it's it's essentially Sammy, right? So I I love that love that as yeah. a uh, as a later tight end for sure. Um, the dude that I want to talk about is someone who uh, is in that Doyle range, but I want to mention him because I do think that he is going to be if he stays healthy this year's true breakout top five tight end. Mm, okay, and uh, that's Eric Ebron. Mm. Um, Pat Thorman sent a tweet out a while ago, I guess Pat Thorman is, is basically, uh, he, he holds the Eric Ebron truther meetings. Um, he is the number one Eric Ebron truther. Uh, so take this with a grain of salt, but you, I mean, take it with, with, with anything because it's just facts. So he said, he he tweeted since 1980, only five tight ends had more catches than Eric Ebron through their age 23 season. Jason Witten, Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace, Tony Gonzalez and Todd Heap. And only seven had more yards mm. than Eric Ebron. Those are all legitimately elite tight ends. Yeah. I mean, guys, guys who were incredibly relevant in fantasy football. Um, Eric Ebron enters 2017 uh, with three years under his belt now and an, an incredibly underrated fantasy football resume, in my opinion. He scored only one touchdown last season, but he was essentially still a low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two in PPR leagues. Um, he had more top 12 performances in PPR than all but seven tight ends last year, despite scoring one freaking touchdown. Wow. Um, you know, I know that it was a down year at the position, but that's still something to be noted. Uh, you know, much, much of, uh, this in general, uh, has been due to the volume that he can see because the Lions have ranked high 11th, fourth and 11th in pass attempts over the last three years, respectively. But I think the the main reason why you want to target Eric Ebron is is because, like I said, he, he look dating back to college, he has not been a touchdown scorer. Like he's he's never been back in Carolina, didn't score many touchdowns at in the NFL. His touchdowns per target rate, uh, he scored a touchdown on every twenty eight point eight six targets mm. during his first three years. The average at the tight end position is every eighteen point one five targets. So it's kind of bizarre that this athletic freak who was a high draft pick is not able to score touchdowns. But but Denny. Anquan Bolden's gone, mm-hmm. and that might not sound you know to a to a casual fantasy player's ears. That might not sound like anything special. Anquan Bolden actually finished last season tied for second in red zone targets among all wide receivers, wow. and he, and he was third in targets within the opponent's ten yard line, and tied for fifth in targets within the five. Those targets are now gone. What we're looking at with Ebron then is a young prospect who's continued to get better each season. And who at a baseline is a low end tight end one, high end tight end two. And then on top of that, you have the potential that he does become more of a red zone threat in that offense. And there's been reports that have come out that said that the Lions want to use him more in the red zone. If he if he ends up scoring seven or eight touchdowns this year, which I think is entirely possible, if that happens, he's going to be a fringe or a certain top five tight end. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the I think the the Bolden factor is huge. Uh, not only the stats that you just listed there, uh, but um, you know Ebron's propaganda arm, Pat Thorman, um, has mentioned how uh, um, how uh, Bolden was used, especially very close to the goal line, not just in the red zone, not just yeah. inside the twenty. Right. Um, so right. that's uh, that's that's something. I, I that's that's a factor. Um, and I I like Ebron a lot at his ADP. In fact. 
I basically have stopped even looking at Zach Ertz in that range, and I just go yeah, uh, yeah. at this point. Yeah, I mean, the the thing, too, you know, I obviously there's there's more to the Anquan Bolden thing as well, is that he played in the slot, and that's a similar area of the field that the tight end plays. So that that that's that's the replaceability factor. It's not like Bolden is this X receiver who's now gone, and Eric Ebron's going to line up on the outside randomly. Like, that, they're, they're playing the same area of the field. This is This is a dynamic that we often see in football is the the playing off of the slot receiver and the tight end and I, I think that without Bolden there Eric Ebron's just going to benefit by far more than any other player in that offense I once said the same about Dennis Pitta but that, that, yes. he, that his hip was destroyed so yes yes all right Denny last guy let's hear it yeah uh it's the uh you know the godfather of dad running Jason Witten yes Jason Witten's going at tight end 18 so again undrafted in many leagues uh so the the fantasy equity scores that i do for the fakefootball.com have his ceiling at tight end nine for the season which i mean is not blowing the roof off but if you're getting him at, at tight end 18 basically the very very end of your draft then that's not too bad so he had witten had 95 targets on a dallas team last year that was 30th in pass attempts uh so i think it, any sort of uh, you know improvement on that on that passing volume uh, should mean that Witten cracks 100 targets. I mean, you're getting 100 targets at the very end of your draft. You can't say that for very many tight ends or pass catchers at all, really. Right. Um, so uh, Witten in 2016, uh, JJ had a very nice number of receptions. He had oh, did he? How many receptions did he have? He had. I'm glad you asked. Uh, he had 69 receptions. That's why it's nice. See, nice. And nice. Uh, but uh, he, among those 69 receptions, is incredibly nice, nice. receptions. <laughs> he just he had just three touchdowns. <laughs> not nice. Yes, not as not as nice for a uh, for a touchdown rate of four four point two percent. His career touchdown rate uh, is five point eight percent, and his career high is ten point nine percent. I'm not projecting him for that sort of touchdown production that that latter end but um he saw 20 20 red zone targets in 2016 which is more than any tight end except for two uh so he's i think he's useful i think he 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 could be more useful on a week-to-week basis uh if if dallas is not in the incredibly favorable position of just basically um taking the air out of the ball for the entire second half of the game like they did last year yeah, there is a little bit more upside because there's. I, I think they're going to be a little bit more pass heavy for a lot of reasons this season, um, and he always has that market share. So I think I think Witten, a guy that I will tout every single season because he gives you some sort of floor. You know, I'm I, I would take easily a guy like Ebron because he has a higher ADP and he's just he has a high, he has more upside. Yeah. But there there are always like this is what I can't say. And I ranted about this on the late round podcast last week. Um, I, I get really annoyed by the league winner idea that, that every pick that you make needs to be a league winning pick. Um, because, because that's not how fantasy football is played. I mean, like guys like Frank Gore, guys like Jason Witten, they have spots. They're okay to draft. Um, you know, especially if you have a lot of, of variance with the other guys that you are selecting and that are in your lineup. So I'm totally, totally cool with Witten. Uh, I think that's a good way to round out the four. So we have Jason Witten, Charles Clay, Jack Doyle, and Eric Ebron. Denny, before we get to the questions, we have one more sponsor of today's show. We do. I have to say that that, that foursome of uh, tight ends is the most on-brand thing that we've done in a long time. It, totally. So. One million percent. One million percent. <laughs> yes. Uh, for our second sponsor, it's playdraft.com, which let me tell you, folks, I honestly have spent a lot of time on that site lately um drafting best ball teams okay um uh, they have a range of options so go check it out playdraft.com uh if you're not familiar with best ball and i shouldn't assume that you are because maybe some of you are not total degenerates uh here's how it works so um <laughs> i've lost it here uh so once you're done drafting uh that's all there is to it no trades no waiver wire you don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players are automatically selected, and you'll get your best score every single week. Never worry about injuries again unless you've drafted many best ball teams like I have and have Jordan Reed on them mm. and, and T.Y. Hilton, who will be um, you know, not w- without Andrew Luck for probably 
more than a month, I'm going to vomit. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I guess you do have to worry about injuries after you draft a lot. But during the season, you don't have to tilt at all. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, I see a, a lot of uh, hashtag content being produced on these uh, best ball leagues. So check it out. Playdraft.com backslash. I can never say this backslash stream. Check it out today. Danny, the first question that we have is actually very, very relevant to today's podcast because at Benai Anak said, favorite off-the-radar tight end for 2017. Okay. I think you, you answered that in a way with Charles Clay. I, I think he is the most off-radar person that I'm going to talk about, yeah, as far as tight ends. I, I, I want to I steal your thunder and say that I think Jared Cook is an off-the-radar tight end. Man, I don't know. I saw someone talk about 100 targets for him. How would that happen? That's how that's that is what a lot of beat writers are thinking right now. You you can you can kind of see how I, I don't know what the target totals were for for the Raiders tight ends last year. I actually have I think I have over eighty for him in my projections. Wow. Like like I think Jared Cook could carve out a decent role in that offense. They really you know it's not like they're massively deep at wide receiver. Uh, they they do have Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree obviously. Uh, they, Marshawn Lynch is not a pass catching back. Uh, I do like Jalen Rashard as a pass catching back, but overall, it's not like they have a, a ton of mouths to feed. Um, you know, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree can certainly still get theirs, and Jared Cook could hypothetically, from a ceiling perspective, get close to that triple digit mark. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by Jared Cook. I want to see kind of what goes on in the preseason if they utilize him a bit in the with that first team offense. I'm, I'm, it, you know, it's going to take me a while still to get over him leaving Green Bay because I really thought <laughs> we had something yeah. there. <laughs> but. Yeah. Oh, well, I got you. Uh, I like this next question at buck underscore the underscore great. I'm moving to the U S from the UK next month. What advice can you offer? Any hot take warnings, big brand danger or time zone considerations? <laughs> well, if you're not moving to the East coast, just stay put. <laughs> it would be my also don't come here. Isn't wait wait isn't isn't UK it wouldn't the UK be in the most legitimate time zone, the actual most legitimate time zone. I mean, if you're if you're a traitor to the United States, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like I mean, don't don't um don't give in to um don't give in. I, was gonna, I don't even know what I was going to say. Well, look, we only have we we everything is uh, streamlined here to the point of we only have one store for each thing. So we have like we have a one bookstore <laughs> here, okay, right. and uh, we have we have one place to shop, Target, you know. Um, <laughs> We have one place for coffee, Starbucks. It's just you go down line. We only have one store for each thing, um, so that's something you you might have to get used to. Um, uh, uh, obnoxious, I would say, obnoxious people mostly. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're moving too, because depending on where you move, you're going to get interesting dialect most likely. You know, if you're moving to Pittsburgh, you're going to hear that annoying Yinzer, actually amazing Yinzer accent. If you're moving to New York, you get the New York accent, Boston, Boston accent. So. That's something that you're going to have to get used to. And also, you know, basically everything, like there's so many different pockets in the U.S. Everything is a, is a, is so pocketed. And, and like, like I remember when I was in Seoul, South Korea, um, when I went and visited my buddy, do you remember that a really long time ago? Yeah. We were, we had just started this podcast. I think it was like our first full season. Yeah. We I, just, we just started dating. I remember. Yeah. 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 And I, and I left you, um, <laughs> and I, I went to Seoul and I remember talking to uh, locals um, about how, like, how it was so insane to them that we had to like travel eight plus hours to go see, you know, family or something like that because it's such a small country and like everyone basically like lives in Seoul and, and whatnot. But that's that's something that would be different as well. But I guess that if you are if you are not American and don't have family here, it would be a little bit different. But it's amazing just driving from even where I'm at to home in Pittsburgh and how how different mm -hmm. the cultures are as you drive through Virginia and then through West Virginia and then you get it. It's just crazy, right? It's yeah. nuts. Yes. And, but and speaking of accents and stuff and pockets, if you move to the DC area, uh, you will encounter I would say a non regional dialect. Um, uh, no accents, which is the future, really. And in the future, everybody will speak like they're from Maryland. Is my is my point. That's 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 Denny's take. That's yeah. So if you're moving to Maryland, you're in luck. You're gonna understand what life is gonna be like in the future. <laughs> yes. 
Next one is at Bo dot dot. Could you talk about your tweet this morning that showed how your draft position correlated with your league's final standing? So it was someone who sent a tweet earlier today. You retweeted it, I believe, Denny, yeah, yeah. on the Twitter account. Uh, but it showed it showed a relationship between um, the the finish that a team got depending on where they drafted out of twelve uh, in their snake draft, and it showed that players who or teams that drafted earlier, at least the trend line looked like the teams that drafted earlier had a better chance to finish higher. Um, but you know, to me, I'd have to see what the actual like R value was in that data because it didn't look like it correlated that strongly. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I've seen many, many studies and I, I believe it to be true too, just given expected points, expected fantasy points and the expected output of running backs and wide receivers in the early rounds I, I mean, I would totally expect the early rounds of draft, you know, one, two, three, to just have a higher win rate than what you get at the end of drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, I I hacked the LTS account to retweet that. So, yeah. Yeah. Next one, at Fitz underscore 843. Thoughts on people who drink Diet Coke in the morning instead of coffee? I mean, they, they must be arrested immediately. Yeah, it's it's that's strange. I mean, you, you know that I'm not. I don't drink coffee anymore, though, Denny. I yeah, have to bring I, that. I, I have to bring that up on every other podcast. Yeah, yeah I still, it still, it still bothers me a little bit. But yeah, but you know what? Sure. I'm 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 gonna get over that. I had a coworker who used to drink um a, a huge bottle of Diet Dr Pepper every morning. It not only was I grossed out by that, but it was it was room temp. Oh man, what is with that? Yeah, that's that's too much. That's gross. The amount of soda this lady drank was disgusting. You could just see her insides rotting away with all that shit and that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big. I'm, it's it's pop for the record. Uh, I'm I'm not a big pop drinker. I've never heard anyone say pop. That's that's the dialect. Yeah, that's the dialect. Well, that's what happens. Depending thank, on where you move, if you move into the Midwest, you're gonna say pop. Thank God. In in 20 years, no one will say pop. They'll all say soda. <laughs> Next one at Justin Freeman eighteen. He says twee while well, twee. He says tea sweet or unsweet. If Denny says raspberry, I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> uh, yeah, do do you feel strongly? Um. So I'll say this: uh, sweet tea oftentimes is there's too much sugar. Yes. Like like there's there's too but but I've like like there are times where like I just like am, like just drink a sweet tea. Because I'm being unhealthy almost on purpose. And, but, but because it's, it's, I, I just am craving something like that. But overall, I will say I would much rather just put my own sugar in tea. I, I can't drink it completely unsweet though. Uh, I drink my, my, my hot tea completely unsweet, but we're talking cold tea here, I'm assuming, right? Yes. 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 Iced tea. Uh, I find uh, sweet tea absolutely disgusting and and i mean that from the bottom of my heart like i'm not i'm not just saying that for a hot take it actually it grosses me out so much when when my wife who sometimes doesn't leave me orders a a a sweet tea and and i just i I can't help myself i have to have a sip to, to confirm to confirm to myself how bad it is and it's always very very bad i also don't like tea without sugar so i guess tea is not my thing yeah apparently not uh this next one is at j underscore m underscore coop says if you could be one person when you grow up why would denny be omar from the wire (laughs) (laughs) did you you tweet something about omar from the wire no but i mean i probably that sounds that sounds good to me you know he (laughs) he had the respect of his peers let's just say that that's that's very that's very true. Omar Omar kind of lived a, a brilliant life. He's he's um top three characters of all time on TV. I would on say. TV, yeah. uh, but was he even the best? Was he even the best on on the wire? I mean, I would have to say yes. Not, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't say Stringer was better than him? Uh, Stringer is really really good, but I just I just think the um I don't know I just I think I've never seen. A character like Omar ever, ever. No, you're right. You're right. For a lot of reasons, you're completely correct. Yeah, and and the 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 fact the fact that he was gay was uh, incredible for the especially for the time that that yeah. show was on. Yeah. I mean, that show that show aired 15 years ago now. Yeah, and, yeah. No, you're right. And I only watched it this past year, so I didn't feel that feeling as much. Yeah, but it was it really like groundbreaking on some levels. Yeah. 
That's true. What about Wallace, man? <laughs> I like Wallace. I mean, I don't know about all time, but no, no, he wasn't all time. <laughs> I just have, you just have to. Have, everyone has a special place in their heart for Wallace. Yeah. Next one is at P Sheriff Sheriff says, "Do you guys have a general auction strategy in attack in attacking general strategy in in attacking auction drafts? Perhaps an episode on it. We've we've done auction draft episodes before, yeah, um, yeah. And, and strategy wise, it doesn't change that much." Yep. So if you want to Google late round or sorry, if you <laughs> late, late round QB and uh, look for auction strategy pot or living the stream auction, auction strategy, um, it's something should pop up. I, I would assume. Yeah. I, I would just say real quick, it really depends on the sav the, the savvy of your league mates, right? Um, if you're, if you're trying to like pull some like tricks at the beginning or the end of your draft with nominating players, it's not going to work if, if your league mates are really good and know what they're doing, it will work if, if you, if they, if they're new to the format or whatever, or new to the game. Uh, so just remember that. I'll say this. I generally always say go stars and scrubs. I tend, it's just, it's, it's my way of doing it. I tend it. to end up that way. Yeah. This next one is at Josh Josh Ursley. He says, "Hey JJ, love your stuff and Denny's okay too sometimes." <laughs> My PPR league starts three wide receivers. I'm keeping Reed in the fifth. Get Gronk in the second. It feels fun. Yeah, I, I okay. Can can I just say, if you're able to flex a wide receiver, or if you're starting three wide receivers, you do not need to own two top three tight ends. Right. Like, like we need to just stop this, stop this. I, I, I can't comprehend. I need someone to show me the math when they, when I see people posting their MFL 10 teams, or I see people posting their mock draft teams and they own, and it's not a tight end premium league and they own two tight ends in the first four rounds. Like the opportunity, look, it might look some it might, you might think that it looks good on paper, but the opportunity cost in doing that is significantly high. You're missing the opportunity in having those second, third, fourth round wide receivers and running backs. You have to consider the supply and demand of these positions in your league. And in this, in this case, the demand dictates, especially since it's a PPR league that starts three wide receivers and you might have a flex too, the demand says you need to draft wide receivers. Like that's that's how fantasy football works. If you, if, here's the other thing, Denny. If you don't have a flex, what the hell is the point in having Gronk and Jordan Reed? I mean, it's basically just you're just flexing your muscles at that point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I don't get this. It might feel fun. Maybe you did this to troll me and get me triggered. <laughs> you are fired up. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, but I, I agree. I, I don't. I mean, it, it looks cool. Like, yeah, it looks fun. Like, oh, Gronk and Reed or Kelsey and Gronk. I mean, that's nice to say, but I don't, I don't get the appeal. Yeah. I would love to see a mathematical argument if there is one. I don't know. Yeah. I want to see if there, if it's out there, I just want to read what, no pun intended. I want to read what people are saying about drafting two elite tight ends, because I don't understand the logic in almost every imaginable case, because even if you look at what those guys do at the tight, so number one, tight ends get hurt more than any other position in fantasy, but number two, Jordan Reed, even if you extrapolate what he's done, which is an insane rate of how he's played, if you extrapolate that to 16 games, he's still a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. So even given that, even if you were to flex that, why not just try to draft a wide receiver who would be, in that case, a low-end wide receiver one or a high-end wide receiver two? Like, it's not crazy to fathom a fourth or third-round wide receiver becoming a low-end wide receiver one. Not only that, you're then picking a position that is in higher demand in your league because you're starting three of them. Right. I am looking forward to Jordan Jordan Reed's season-ending surgery this month and then Vernon Davis emerging as the tight end of value for all of fantasy football. Yeah, that's that could happen. That could very well happen. Next one is at Kier's Pig. Is Marvin Jones this year's Marvin Goat Jones? <laughs> uh, I'm, see, I'm seeing him going in like the 10th and 11th, like wide receiver 47 on fantasy football calculator. Second year in the offense and no Bolden. Do you have any Marvin Jones takes? No, no, that's that sums it up. I think Marvin Jones is a good pick this year. I, I guess. think he's a. I, I think that he's. I think that he is going to beat his ADP number one. But he could he could legitimately see 110 to 120 targets this year. Yeah, I guess it, 
even if you project him not to go go nuts with that much volume, he should be able to pretty easily yeah. uh, meet his cost. I mean, you do have uh, Kenny go today, but <laughs> but yeah. I, some Babytron action there. Yeah. But Babytron is my dude in, in Dynasty. I, I still think that Marvin Jones is a decent pick this season. Next one is at Chris Gimino, uh, the man who has given us uh, the Jason Witten arm uh, arm color scale. Mm-hmm. He says, what is the proper protocol if you see somebody leave their shopping cart in the middle of a parking lot? No stable person does this. Um, I mean, I, I would say slashing their tires probably. I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think you can drop kick them. <laughs> If yeah, I mean if if they have uh, a kid putting you know if they're if they're putting the kid in the car seat, then you just take the kid out and toss him to the ground. Right. I, yeah. I think that that would be. I mean yeah, I mean there, there's like you're basically if you leave the shopping cart in the middle of the um, parking lot, you're saying that you have n- literally no regard uh, for for humans. You know that. Do you know what my number one pet peeve is on this earth? What? It's 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 people who are ignorant, the the, the pe- people who have just no idea what's going on around them. Wait, like no, no, whether... no, but this is not an ignorance thing. I don't think. Sure, 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 sure. No, no, you're you're not wrong. Well, but but sometimes it still is because it sometimes the ignorance plays into that selfishness side. Yeah, right. Like where where the person's just like I I don't need to do this because they have workers that do this. Oh, you know, some, uh... some, like like they have that kind of attitude. But but you're right. You're right. Overall. My big my pet peeve is geared towards more of the people who are like, like okay, I'm making a right turn out of somewhere and there's a car coming, so I can't go, and they don't put their turn signal on and they just turn right on the street that I'm coming out on. Yeah. So like I could have made the right turn like ten seconds earlier, but I didn't because they didn't have their turn signal on. Oh. oh. Those kind of those kind of people who are so oblivious to what's going on around them, and I just I want to get out of my car when they make that right turn and run after them. Oh, it's that is just infuriating when that happens um uh i uh well, <laughs> notice this next time you're on the road i know you don't drive a lot and neither do i really but uh lis- home, lis- listeners let me let me know what you think of this theory i have a theory a working theory for 10 years now at least that okay so if you're going along at a steady clip on a road single lane road maybe 45 miles an hour and a car swings out in front of you and you have to hit the brakes. I mean, not slam on them, but you have to slow down to pre- pretty dramatically, right, to let this car go. The car will then turn. Will that car will turn within a mile of doing that stupid thing? And the 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 thought process, I think, is that I can go ahead and cut off this person and get on the road because I'm just going to turn off in just a second anyway. Like, Interesting. I'm not really getting in the way. So notice that next time. Next time you get cut off track how far the car goes before it, it turns left or right yeah. i 90% of the time i'm i'm telling you and this is non scientific completely no science has gone into this that car oh that's will... weird no there's no there's been no science i've went into this no none at all i have no notes it's all in my head but i <laughs> but i swear i swear by this theory i i actually think that it could either be that like i think that it does happen okay but I think that it could be not just because they are going somewhere quickly, but because they're embarrassed, but they realize their their error, Wait. and they they want to get away from you quickly. No, 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 no. No one's taking an unnecessary turn because they're embarrassed. <laughs> Maybe. No. I'm just saying. I look at the good in people, Denny. What? Well, this is the good. That's the good. They yeah, the thought... good is that oh, I made a mistake and I gotta get away from this person because maybe they're gonna murder me. Well, I mean, in that case, then you should probably shouldn't go outside if you think that everybody's gonna <laughs> murder you. That sounds like a terrible existence. But uh, I, the thing, no, no, and another reason I've done this, I have, I have done this, and then when I make the turn, I realize, oh, I was the asshole this time. Interesting. Very interesting. Next one is at Ben Swabowski. Swabowski. I got that wrong. Mm-hmm. Where should drafts wear neckties? What? Where should drafts wear neckties? What, what, where? Yeah. You mean on their body? Yeah, where on their body would should, should they wear it? I mean up up by their chin or whatever. Up by their chin or up by See, I think it's more of a torso thing. <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah. Yeah, right? It's not their chin. <laughs> you don't like you don't it's. I think it's at. I think it rests 
on their on their the rest of their body. I don't know. This sounds like a something big giraffe is behind, but uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'm picturing it. It doesn't look right on the body. I, I think it looks right up top. <laughs> I don't think it's right up top. <laughs> I think it's right on the body. Oh man, I I'm, think I'm, about I'm, how humans wear ties. Okay, are you wearing your tie? up toward are you pushing it up to your chin or are you kind of letting it rest on the collar i literally tie my tie around my chin (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know yes on my collar but you know what my neck is not 27 feet long (laughs) all right well then who has we we just have to find pictures of, of people who have long necks wearing a tie to settle this I guess uh, because it's gonna be lower. It's gonna be closer to their shoulders yes. than it's gonna be closer to their chin. No, of and course. if that's the if that's the argument, then a giraffe has to wear it closer to the rest of the body than the chin. I would argue that there are no rules for giraffes wearing <laughs> ties of any. This time. is go- this is going back to what we talked about last year and how ties are the most ridiculous oh. thing that's ever been created. Just why the, do people wear ties? I, I mean, people. Yeah, I, it's it's like. Yeah, I feel like like part of waking up out of the simulation is realizing how stupid ties are. Yeah, that's going to be the first thing we realize is that, oh my God, this whole time we were wearing ties. Th- that's the first thing that Neo in the Matrix realized. He was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. why was I wearing that fucking tie? Yeah, exactly. Uh, next one is at Bear With Me. Am I crazy for hating DeAndre Hopkins at his current ADP? Co-manage a team and had to beg other owner not to draft him at the 2-3 turn. Uh, from my perspective, spoiler alert, I'm coming out with a nine overvalued players and Deandre Hopkins is on that list. Oof. That's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, there, there's reasons behind it, but Deandre Hopkins has really only had one good stretch in his entire career. And it happened two years ago in the first half of the season. I I can't remember. He, he essentially, this is what it was. He's had as many top 12 weeks since week 11 of, of two seasons ago. He's had, actually, he's had one fewer than Brandon LaFell. Good God. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is like basically the Todd Gurley of of wide receivers. He, um, so I am looking forward to Will Fuller outscoring him this year. That is, I, <laughs> that's warm. I know. Yeah, pretty warm. Next one at VikeFan one one eight zero. Are you guys going to get to make a cameo in Tom Everett Scott's show? Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, I don't. I don't believe so. I think we should though, Tom. If you ever want to have like a fantasy football episode, which you could probably do with that show in some way, um, Denny and I are open to being uh, the, the, uh, what would we be in that show? Uh, Well, I mean, I would just be an extra. I'd be fine with that. No, yeah, we, yeah, we'd be, we'd be in the back. We we could maybe host it. We could be the commissioner of the league or something. And we could, we we could, but, but like we would still, we could still be non important characters. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I've watched. I'm now caught up on Tom's new show. I'm sorry, and it's very good, very funny. It has a uh, has a funny episode. Have you seen the one JJ about uh, the the racist daughter? I saw, so I saw part of it, yeah. and because that was one show that I was watching while my wife was asleep. But um, I we only we together because we have it on DVR. We've only watched the, the the pilot, but the pilot was freaking hilarious too. Yeah, the, and it, I'm 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 looking forward. That's a it's a funny show. Yeah, the racist daughter one uh, hit home because earlier that same day we watched it, Xavier said something, you know, about a classmate who is not what it is it, 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 it a person of color, and I was like. Xavier, we need yeah. we need to talk about what you just said. Right, and he was right. like, I, I, he had no idea, but yeah. And then I watched the episode. I was like, Tom, Tom's fictional character understands my pain. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of Tom, and speaking of our fantasy league, next week I think we can announce who is going to be in that league. Yes, on the show, mm-hmm. we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very very good tweets. If you want to be in the in the league, tweet at us with the letters LTS with a funny tweet, and if it's great, someone made an unbelievable video. If you make a video, you're basically automatically in. Uh, can't remember who it was, but the video was incredible. Um, yes, and congratulations, you're in the league. Yep. Uh, but next one. At CR underscore football, what's a legal way to in, to induce a coma-like nap on my young children Sundays between 1 to 7 p.m.? This is a Denny question, I'm sure. Uh, uh, NyQuil. <laughs> is, is that not... Is That's that, fair. Is that not ethical? Well, it depends on the, the age. I mean, you're, like kids should be taking naps. You can... And, and I, I think... What was it? After 18 months, the nap, it should be... 
should be at noon and it should last for at least two hours. So uh, you can you can get some football watching in during that nap. Yeah. This next one at the Dylan Ryan. Should I enter preseason DFS contest just so I can play Joe Webb? I does anyone else do that for any other reason? Yeah, guys, by the way, preseason DFS and, and FanDuel, this is not me just promoting because I work for FanDuel, but FanDuel has contests now. Preseason DFS, you can get a significant edge over people because they just play starters, and you should not be just playing starters in preseason DFS. Mm. It's a very, very good way to make money. Next one, at SMP1923, Fournette or Mixon? I have the first pick in my four-man keeper league. Going to go rookie running back with that pick. Not sure who to take. Hashtag LTS. I, look, if it's a keeper league too, who who are you going with? Uh, say that again. I, I I you read it so fast I couldn't keep up. Fournette or Mixon? I have the first pick of my fourth. No, I'm just kidding. For, <laughs> Leonard Fournette or Joe Mixon? He has the. Uh, it's just Leonard Fournette or Joe Mixon in a keeper league, so he can go one one of those one of those two guys, and I'm I'm assuming he's doing it to to be able to keep them as well. I mean, I would rather keep Mixon. I like mixing more. I really do. Yeah. Not from a human standpoint, I'm sure, if I were to meet him, but oh yeah, no. From a football standpoint. Next one at Nick Meld. What's the absolute maximum you would pay for DJ or Bell in a 12-team, $200 auction? I mean, you're gonna have to pay 40 plus. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, I think you could easily pay 80. What? Yeah, I think you could go up to 80 for them. I think seventy is probably where I would go, though. What? Wait, I, I did a two hundred dollar auction the other day. How much did they go for? They was like forty five bucks. Oh, I would go way higher than that. Wow. Yeah, way higher. You get such an edge with those guys. I, I would, I would, I would comfortably say that I would go up to seventy. Okay. Wow. Really? Okay. Sincerely, that's why I love auctions, man. I'm glad you're here, because <laughs> I would have been like forty. I, I'm serious. If you go 70, you are going to have enough budget to like, I mean, it's a stars and scrubs approach, but like if you go 70, get another guy for 50, get another guy for 40, then I mean, realistically, you know, it's $40 for the rest of your team. You can, you can play with that. Yeah. You get the Texans number one receiver for a buck. Will Fuller. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Next one at Arthur Stanny. Uh, hey guys, glad you were back. Who is the best dynasty flyer, Chad Williams or Kenny Galladay? This made my heart hurt when I read it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 Babytron. It's probably Babytron. I love Chad. I don't I don't think I've been vocal enough about my Chad Williams love. I love Chad Williams too. You do? I, I do. I like these are those are two of, those are my like two favorite like just general pros, wide receiver prospects in this class. Oh. It's Chad Williams and Kenny Galladay. Like, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I like Corey Davis most, of course. But both of those guys were really, really high in my model compared to the consensus. Both of them landed in really good spots. And both of them were still being drafted in, in, in startups or in, in, in rookie drafts really low for, like, no reason. So, I, I mean, I would go with, with, with Babytron, but I do think that Chad Williams is in a really good spot, too. Okay. Just saying. Next one, at Ian M. Scott's. Hey, guys, do you know when the Boy Young Boy album is going to drop? Uh, this Friday, I'm uh, I'm gonna be standing outside the record store waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. What What was your? He did drop one single. Do you remember what it was called? The The single that he dropped to to promote the album. Uh, am I supposed to know this? <laughs> yeah, I think I I think it had I think it was called um, something along the lines of uh um, Baron Wheat Bagel. <laughs> Baron Wheat Bagel. Yeah, that was that was that was the first one. I actually I I I like the remix of Baron Wheat Bagel uh more, <laughs> more than the original. What how'd the remix go, Denny? Uh I'll tell you I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you offline. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Next one at Shafe underscore neck. How do you feel about drafting Allen Robinson at current ADP and redraft? Seems like a potential bargain or nah? Uh, I don't know. I don't I I'm not in he would have to drop to like I think he's a wide receiver 14 right now, right? Yeah, he's around that range, yeah. I, I mean, I'd be interested in, in like maybe 18, 20. Yeah, I mean, my fear with Robinson too is that like like they're going to want to run the ball in Jacksonville. Like their 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 goal is to run the football. I, and, I yeah. And, and and while while I'm not someone who thinks that teams can just flip the switch and do that, 
their defense is actually pretty good personnel wise. Yes. And I, I think that there's a chance that they're able to just run the ball and then they're going to say, this is why you draft Leonard Fournette. And it's going to go, you know, it's going to be stupid. It's like, no, the reason they can run the footballs and they have positive game scripts now is just because they have a better defense. I, but yes. go ahead. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm afraid that Jacksonville will have a good, a really good defense, a solid special teams. They'll, they will commit to hiding Blake Bortles at all costs instead of just benching him and signing Kaepernick and going 10 and six. But, um, uh, and, and that means that Fournette gets, gets a lot of carries, even if he sucks, uh, he gets, he gets that volume. And that means that Allen Robinson probably can't come close to meeting his, his, his draft day price. Yeah. This next one is at Razorback in time. How do you tier your players strictly on season long projections per game basis or consistency? What do you use to, de- to define tier break? So I actually did a podcast on this on the late round podcast talking about predictability. And I talked about how I tier my players. Me personally, it'd just be better to say, go listen to that episode. Denny, you might have an answer to this though. No, you, you, I remember that episode and I would suggest they go listen to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to say that. Just going to give you a much better answer than me answering it on here. Uh, this next one, the last one is at LJV talk to me. What's the most urgent thing you can dad run for? I'm going, I'm going with getting the trash can down to the curb as you hear the truck coming. I mean, that is the ultimate dad run. Yeah. Unless you, yeah. Unless there's like a, there's all those, the, the dad video montages where like the kid's about to get hit by something and the dad pulls the kid away. Uh, yeah. they like run for the kid. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But also the, the, I think that a fat one factor that we haven't talked about is that the, the ultimate dad run of running after the trash truck, um, happens in the morning when, you know, the legs are stiff, you're just, yeah. wa- you're just waking up. So the, uh, the dad, the dad running, uh, form is in, is in just, just, you know, f- just full 100% dad running form at that point because because you you just look like a fool yeah that's a great point Um, i can't i can't really think of another time though i mean i i did a dad run once when uh, xavier was playing t-ball and he got knocked over by a teammate on the base paths (laughs) and he started he got up he was crying pretty hard and so i did a dad run onto the field in my khaki shorts so i felt that was that was one that's a good one that's a good one i don't have i don't have any I'm fatherless right now. Well, I'm not fatherless. I just don't have a child right now. <laughs> Thank God. I have a I have a great father. Hi, Dad. Anyway, Denny, why don't you let? That's the last question. So why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Before I do that, can I talk about my movie of the week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, because the the people for some reason did not hate my top five movies. Yeah, apparently, apparently I'm the one with the bad takes because I even tweeted my my top five video games of all time this week and like. Like I got pushback that that I like you had better video game takes than I did, which is complete garbage. Yeah, no, that's nuts. I don't. No one. Look, I stopped paying attention uh, to video games twenty years ago. So so please listen to JJ when it comes to video games. Jeez. Well, yeah. All right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do uh, once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. I'm gonna try to mention a movie that I like that is probably campy and cheesy and not for everybody, but I'm going to go this week with Gremlins, which is a 1984 movie about a young man who receives a strange little creature as a pet, which spawns, which then spawns other creatures who transform into small, destructive, evil little monsters. Um, It's, it's an incredibly fun movie. It has, it's, it's like soaked in eighties nostalgia. Okay. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So I just, I just, uh, I was gonna I was gonna break it down myself, but I found this great post by a writer named Edward Copeland, and I have to uh, just I'm just gonna read that verbatim because it says exactly what I wanted to say about Gremlins. So underneath Gremlins' monster movie surface bubbles a tale of the suburban paranoia over the new neighbors, those folks who move next door who don't look like the rest of the town. Uh, at the time of its release, people of color were beginning a uh, we're beginning a bigger migration to the suburbs, and the filmmakers use cute and malicious little monster, little creatures as stand-ins for the paranoia faced by suburbanites who were afraid their property values would go down once their neighborhood got a little less white. Okay, and and I didn't really think about this, but holy cow, that's true. 
about <laughs> about this movie because because then I I go f- further and I think about what the when the gremlins turn bad right mm-hmm. um, what they start doing to the town uh, uh, fits with this paranoia and this fear so the gremlins break dance they mimic scenes from uh, from what's called juke joints uh, they they shoot each other they write graffiti on the walls uh, they commit tons of crimes they have what might one might one what one might call too many kids uh so all these things uh that white people who flee to the suburbs are afraid of is it mm-hmm. is in gremlins i wow. i it i am now i am now woke to what gremlins is that is really that's a super that's super woke take it is so check it out gremlins 1984 uh and where can everyone find you though Ed? yeah <laughs> yeah now that i've gone on that rant it's uh at cd carter 13 uh, on Twitter and uh, check out my site draftdayconsultants.com. And I am JJ Zachary, so you can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB. I also have another podcast called the Late Round Podcast, and tomorrow an episode drops with Mr. Adam Schefter. Wow, which I'm very excited about. So check that out, Late Round Podcast, Twitter at Late Round QB. Denny, do you want to go get some milkshakes? Yes, let's do it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the 